Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, is a political showdown bringing the country closer to a snap election? What's become more and more clear to me is that the Prime Minister is not looking for a solution here. The Prime Minister is looking for an excuse to go to an election. And I will not give the Prime Minister an excuse to go to an election. I'm going to be very clear. I will not give him an excuse. He is not going to be able to hide behind the opposition. Calls from the opposition to do more to calm tensions in the Nova Scotia fishery dispute. We're going to continue to, to ask for the government to show an ability to get tensions down, a mediated discussion on how we can fulfill the, the constitutional safeguard of Indigenous fishery, alongside the ability for rural communities in Nova Scotia to find balance for a way of life. And the Prime Minister asks Canadians to listen to local public health officials when it comes to Halloween. Listening to public health officials uh, means that my family will not uh, be going trick-or-treating this year because in Ottawa uh, and in Ontario, in uh, red zones like Ottawa, uh, they are not, uh, not encouraging or not uh, recommending trick-or-treating and therefore we won't be. It's Wednesday, October 21st. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by longtime political writer and broadcaster Dan Legere. Dan, thank you for being with us. Well, thanks for the call, Mark. It's going to be an interesting day. There is a game of brinksmanship going on on Parliament Hill, and it will be fascinating to see how it plays out today. Every party says it doesn't want an election, but uh, they all seem to be moving, inching closer to uh, kind of the, the, the precipice of an election campaign. I don't think that's where it's going to end up, uh, but uh, it's interesting to see the game that's being played right now around this new committee and the threat of it being a confidence vote. Yes. I mean, minority parliaments are infamous, of course, for this type of constant brinksmanship and gamesmanship and one-upmanship and all the other ships (laughs) that you can pack into uh, a minority parliamentary uh, situation. And, uh, you know, this is no different. I mean, the stakes are always high. Um, But, you know, I hope uh, just from the perspective of a citizen, that all the politicians are remembering that it costs, you know, 300 or $350 million to run an election, and elections should be run for good reasons. And uh, I don't know um, that the Canadian population is convinced that this we thing is the type of issue that would uh, cause a government to fall and, and all that work and, and money to be spent to, uh, to replace it. Now, the Liberals are arguing, of course, that they're focused on the second wave of the coronavirus. Uh, their critics, of course, are are saying, well, why can't you focus on that and still answer questions about this controversy? Uh, there's a lot of politics at play here, but uh, is, it, is it fair for the Liberals to try to shut this down by saying they don't have time to answer questions after they also shut down the, the work of two different committees that were looking into this? Uh, the short answer to that is no. Um, while I think this idea of let's set up a corruption committee, why don't they just call it a uh, Justin Trudeau corruption and crime committee or something silly like that uh, and and pretend that that's the only thing that matters in Ottawa. But, you know, I think I've said before on this podcast, Mark, is that government should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. They can't. Um, this is the vast, vast resources of the federal government of Canada 
can be uh, applied to any issue you have at hand, and there's a lot going on in the country. I think the conservatives would be well advised to remember there's more going on than this we thing uh, as well, that that's not the uh, only issue in play. I mean, uh, you know, we could talk about this in a minute, but, you know, the situation with the native fishery here in Nova Scotia or the pandemic or the general state of the economy, there's a million things to do. Uh, Now, to be fair... You know, the Liberals should stop their filibusters of these other committees and say, for instance, public accounts. Public accounts should be perfectly capable of dealing with uh, questions around the uh, uh, the we charity issue. So, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, th- this sort of bloody minded uh, insistence on their positions is, is I think, going to cost uh, uh, both the Liberals and the Conservatives in terms of public uh, support. And it very likely will not end up with a snap election, uh, particularly since none of the parties seem to want that, right? I, I, think, I think that that sort of outcome will be avoided at the last minute. Yeah, and, and again, you know, we've, we've seen this movie before, you know, Mark, at different times where, uh, you know, um, in the past, in other minority situations and in other minority governments around the country, um, and it all depends on you know, the situation of the, the sitting minority government and, and most elections over the years, you know, have, have ended up in, in majorities for the minority that is pushed into an election. Um, I don't know if I would bet on that, although the poll numbers look good for the Liberals right now. But uh, given the fact of the continuing pandemic and how much worse it's getting in, in key areas of the country, especially Ontario and Quebec, um, you know, there's a lot of seats there that are going to be affected by much more than uh, we charities or parliamentary processes around appointing committees. All right, let's turn to the issue you raised a moment ago, which is the fishery dispute in Nova Scotia. Give us your perspective on what's happening there and how it might play out in the days ahead. Well, you know, um, this is been 20 years in the making, Mark. Uh, You know, the Supreme Court decided about this 20 years ago. Um, The First Nations have a right to earn a moderate living in the fishery or in other natural resources. And uh, but where this has emerged is in the most lucrative lobster fishery in the world. And people are making a lot of money down there and have been for many, many years. Uh, Now, granted, they're making money in an extremely dangerous and hard profession. Uh, Fishing is, you know, wow. Uh, Going into the Atlantic in winter to catch fish is a tough way to earn a living. So the government has to be sensitive to the interests of the existing commercial fishermen. But there have been... um, you know, examples in other places where things have gotten settled and everyone's taking their share and they're doing their best to exploit the fishery in common, including in Cape Breton and other parts of Nova Scotia. So, Mark, politics is going to settle this. This is a political issue. You know, talking about sending in the army, uh, I mean, the army is not set up to do this type of work. Um, The police have done an absolutely horrible job of negligence is the word that comes to my mind. Uh, The state of the RCMP in Nova Scotia is is getting near a crisis after we had the the killings in April and the poor response to that, and now this. So, you know, there's there's a lot going on all at the same time, including issues around the RCMP's management of the situation 
and uh, its reluctance to uh, to really take the situation in hand. So, um, but you know what? It's politics, Mark, and uh, the federal government has the levers at its hands to fix these things if it wants to really get in there and engage. And it's time that happened. What What do you think a solution would look like? What are What is the political solution here? Well, the political solution has to be that the First Nations fisheries have to uh, agree that uh, they will uh, harvest the natural resources, the, the lobsters in this case, which are not owned by them or the fishermen or anybody else. They're owned by the people of Canada. Uh, it's a common resource, and uh, they, uh, they've got to uh, abide by generally accepted conservation principles in order to make this a sustainable industry. Uh, meanwhile, the commercial fishermen uh, have to make room for um, the indigenous fishery. So, uh, And in the, in the middle of all this, the feds, with all their power and money, have the ability to, in, in cases where the commercial fishermen, say, want to sell off their licenses because they don't feel they can make enough money if they have to share the resource, those licenses can be bought by the feds and, and reissued or, or retired or whatever the case may be, uh, because the federal government ultimately has the responsibility for uh, issuing and monitoring those uh, licenses. So um, there are lots of ways to do it. It's been done before. They should, you know, uh, Fishery Minister Bernadette Jordan is from Nova Scotia. She just lives two hours from where this is all going on. And, I mean, I've urged her and the head of the Mounties in Nova Scotia to get in the car and drive down there and show themselves in front of everyone concerned. And this is uh, this has been done. I remember John Crosby having to uh, confront the fishermen in Newfoundland during the cod moratorium. And that took guts, but he did it. And this is the type of situation. It does take guts, but that's what they should be doing, and, and I hope they do. All right, let's turn to Halloween. The Prime Minister has said he and his family will not be trick-or-treating this year. Uh, he has young children, of course, and, and they've uh, during the time that he's been Prime Minister, they've, they've embraced Halloween, they've dressed up in costumes, Star Wars, uh, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, perhaps no other uh, first family in Canada has ever embraced Halloween more than this one. Uh, but they're not going to participate because of the advice of local public health officials in the Ottawa area, and he's encouraging Canadians to follow that advice. So uh, what do you think about that from the perspective of a message from the Prime Minister uh, about what Canadians should be doing uh, at the end of October? Well, two things. <clears throat> First off, I mean, I don't mean to sound cynical, but our Prime Minister does like to dress up, and anybody who is a fan of Indian foreign uh, policy would know all about that. He's, he's quite a costume guy. Um, and, uh, and yes, Halloween is almost the biggest thing in the year for kids. But, you know, I think Trudeau is being consistent here and saying he's going to heed the advice of uh, local public health officials. And that's what people should be doing. And, uh, you know, Halloween, any more than uh, surgical masks or self-isolation or, you know, hand-washing or any of these things, shouldn't be political acts. They should be acts of common sense and public uh, uh, public safety. So, uh, you know, we're, I, I think we're getting good advice from the public safety officials right across the country. Generally speaking, not perfect, but good advice. And um, so the prime minister, I think, is just trying to set an example. And that is part of the prime minister's job, is to set an example. 
I think it would send altogether the wrong message if him to say, well, you know, uh, it, Halloween is too important and my kids love it too much and, and we love getting dressed up so much that we're going to defy the public. Uh, you know, that that's just not going to fly um, with a, a liberal government. And I don't think Aaron O'Toole or, or Jagmeet Singh would be any different given the situation yeah. being the same for them. All right. It has been exactly one year since the last federal election. We'll see if uh, today is a day that sparks another one, although we've acknowledged that's not likely. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, Mark. Thanks for the call. That is longtime political writer and broadcaster Dan Legere. Conservatives put forward uh, a motion that clearly outlines their lack of confidence in the government. The opposition is going to have to decide whether they want to make this minority parliament work or whether uh, they have lost confidence in the government. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In McLean's, Paul Wells asks why the Prime Minister is staring down the opposition with an election threat. Wells writes, Justin Trudeau doesn't fear an election. He has seemed edgy for months, his behaviour somewhere close to astonishing. He fired his finance minister and prorogued Parliament with promises of a bold new plan that never materialised. He's happy to spend as long as he doesn't have to budget. He welcomes questions until he hears them. He's gambling with his political fate. But is it really gambling if you're likely to win and you wouldn't mind losing? At Policy Options, Colin Busby calls for a drug, dental, and mental health plan for uninsured Canadians. Busby writes, Even before the pandemic, an estimated 10 to 20% of Canadians were not enrolled in drug plans, and 35% lacked similar coverage for dental care. The federal government should move to fill this gap by providing an annual check to uninsured individuals, which they must use to purchase coverage from health insurers. The time is now, not in five or ten years, to ensure that every Canadian is covered. In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues the federal government is right to stand up to Beijing's bullying. The Star writes... Regardless of Beijing's bullying, Canada should keep the door open for any Hong Kong residents seeking refuge. Keeping the diplomatic channels open also allows Canada to do what it can to free the two Michaels. At this point, there's not much hope that China will soon free them, but the government must keep up the pressure, and it must leave Beijing with no doubt that Canada will not muzzle itself when China's government tramples on human rights. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The Prime Minister will attend the Liberal caucus meeting and question period. He will also take part in a virtual town hall Q&A with students, staff and faculty at Memorial University. The Conservative caucus will be meeting in Ottawa. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will hold a news conference after his party's weekly caucus meeting. And Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchette will hold a news conference in Ottawa. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, October 21st. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.